celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. <laughs> You're on a diet, too? Yeah. Yeah, who isn't after all those holiday yeah. goodies? Yeah. Joey, are you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> You know, it's it's just never ending for me. That's that's the problem. Yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah, me either. How about the animals? You look down at the animals, are they gain a little weight over the holiday yeah, from all the treats and yeah. goodies? Yeah, they're a little pudgy too. You know, it's funny because my Buster, who's the heavy, you know, the heavier of the four, he actually lost weight. A friend of mine came over and said, um, "Would you put him on a diet?" Which we haven't, but um, he looks <laughs> good. We're going to talk to a guy today, and I know you probably did this. You withheld from doing this over the holidays. He wants you to feed stuff that you eat to your dog. What? I've oh. always heard no. Well, because he has the things, the right things to the feed right them. Things. I don't eat the right things, so yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> no Big Macs for your dog, huh? Um, well, he's, uh, he's the dog food dude, and he's actually been on before. You might remember him from a couple of years back. Also on the show today, Larry Hobbs, and he builds dog houses for a living. I think he does some other stuff, too. But yeah, I wouldn't think that there's a need for dog houses. I don't have a dog house. I don't know. It's, Joey, you have a dog house, right? I haven't even seen one in a long time. Yeah, yeah actually, actually, I do. Um, and the dogs actually use it. But what about you, Lori? Do you have a dog house? No, I don't have a dog house. I, I didn't even, you know, I'm kind of like Judy. I haven't thought about a dog house in a long time. I mean, dogs are inside now. Usually in our yeah. bed. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of pet yeah. sitting with dogs, and I don't see any dog houses in the backyards anymore. Well, apparently this is a big booming business for this guy, so we'll find mm. out in just a couple of minutes what that's all about. In fact, we'll take your calls, one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five 405 for Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Villani. At uh, the bottom of the hour, we have news with Lori Brooks. What are you working on for this hour? Well, coming up in just a few months, starting in April, three countries, entire countries, are going to be going mandatory microchipping for dogs. And we'll tell you if the U.S. is one of them. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is because we're, we're kind of an advanced, edgy country. And I would think oh, that would Yeah, you would think. We're far behind Europe countries. Okay, well, we'll find out with Lori Brooks in just a few minutes. Hi, Lauren. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> What's going on with your animals? Well, I have um, my one cat, Iris. She's got um, some underneath her belly area where the, the nipples are um, bumps, you know, like, okay. like almost like grapes under the skin, kind of. They're not real big, but they started with just a little and then spread a little bit, but they're not soft. They're hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, are they on um, both sides of her belly? Or are they on the right and the left side? Um, they they moved. They they were on the right underneath, and then they've moved. They're not there anymore. And then they're to the back a little bit now, and there's no discharge of any kind. I can feel them. She's very normal, eating, drinking, playing, everything. I wouldn't know any difference. No weight loss. Um, okay, and how old is your kitty? Actually, she gained a little bit of weight the other day. I weighed her; she gained a, a little bit of weight, even. Okay, how old is your kitty, and is she spayed? Um, she is fixed. Um, when she was fixed at a young age, the vet that I go to on a regular basis locally said that he couldn't find any scars in the abdomen of where she had been spayed. But it's possible that you can't find them when they get older and they disappear or something. No scars. But she had, but he couldn't find anything. So, because at once I thought she was pregnant. And I thought, how would she get pregnant if she was fixed? So I took her to the vet, and he said, no, she's, she's fine. Um, but she is, 
she's an all-black kitty, and she's about um, five and a half, or about six years old, say. It'd be safer to stay okay. closer to six. Okay. Well, um, anytime I, I hear of a female kitty with lumps on the belly, that does get my radar up for mammary cancer. And yes. mammary Mammary cancer in cats is definitely a big concern because they're a little different than dogs. And mammary cancer in cats is almost 90% of the time it's malignant. In dogs, about half the time it's malignant. So I think it's very important that we try to figure out if that's what we're up against right now or something else. The fact that you're saying that it's been on both sides of the abdomen is um, also of concern. What's a little unusual is the coming and going. And unless that's related to some kind of hormonal cycling, I just honestly can't explain that. It would really take a thorough um, evaluation to kind of get, get to the bottom of things. And for, for our listeners, mammary cancer in cats is almost completely preventable by spaying. So usually if we spay them before they ever go into heat at six months, you can reduce the risk of breast cancer by 91%. Wow. So it's a pretty, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming evidence on why we spay female cats, not just for reproduction purposes. Oh. Um, and also because it is such a bad disease in kitties. So I, I would definitely make sure you see your veterinarian. The way we would check this out um, would be to just basically overall um, evaluate our health, do some lab work. We can try sampling the lump or lumps with a needle. Um, it isn't always as precise as we'd like with mammary tumors in dogs and cats, um, but it can be a place to start. Um, but often I'll, I'll shoot x-rays of the chest as well because if we are talking cancer, sometimes that helps us to detect that at a point if it's spreading. Um, so so I, that would um, definitely be... Go ahead. I was told that she, if she had discharge, but she that she has had no discharge whatsoever, that it, there could be a chance that she, it would be, you know, it would not be cancer. I mean, well, it's it possible right it isn't, now. but um, the absence of discharge doesn't mean it's not cancer. So if, if we have a lump on a kitty's belly area in the mammary glands and it is discharging or opening up, it's highly possible it could be mammary cancer. But just because it's not going on doesn't mean. Um, you know, that it isn't cancer. So because this disease, if it is that, um, everything else we can kind of deal with. But if it's mammary cancer, you know, I would definitely encourage you to get your kitty to the veterinarian sooner than later Um, because it's important with the size of mammary tumors in how much success we have in in giving um, a cure or um, quality life. So tumors that are smaller than a nickel, um, are definitely better. Um, when there's more than one or they're larger than a nickel, the prognosis is less favorable. So um, it really is very, like I said, very important to make sure we um, take a look at things. Um, yeah, lots of different small. treatments. They're smaller and they're hard, but mm-hmm. he's still hungry and eating. I don't see any changes. Is that what happens like just overnight or something? Like it, it'll change or something like that? No, you know, and, and sometimes with advanced cancer, you might get a cat that's not eating well or having trouble breathing. But when cancer is most treatable and um, most beneficial for us to know about, you're not going to see symptoms other than a lump. So that's why I'm, I'm very urgently encouraging you to see your veterinarian because waiting until it starts to discharge or she starts to feel sickly, we're going to have our hands tied in what we can do for her. So um, there are a lot of treatments, and in, in kitties, surgery is one of the things we really do. So if we remove all of that tissue on that one side, we can sometimes give several years 
of quality time um, and stop and the disease vet, in its tracks. My veterinarian says no. He says that um, that that is very any kind of surgery or any kind of um, chemo, anything at all, is extremely painful for cats. And he says I mm. I just don't recommend it because it's inhumane. Oh well, I would totally disagree with that opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I respectfully, uh, you know, I appreciate his. Yeah, yeah, no. I've had several patients um, that are kitties that have gone on to have um, mastectomy, so surgical removal of the mammary tissue, and then gone on to have chemotherapy. And some of them have lived wonderful lives. Yes, See, some of them. If we do, because there's a place yeah. called Blue Pearl. Yeah. So if if we're at a point where there's not as many um, treatment options, then no. Then in those situations, it's not fair to the pet to put them through that. But I think you need to be armed with information. So um, if, if that veterinarian isn't willing to pursue at least looking at if your kitty is a candidate for treatment, then I, I'd maybe look for another opinion. Um, because okay. you have to have all that information before we would you know, be well, able to, even myself, I can't. Is 40 years behind human medicine. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe he is. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Yeah, I would. I totally disagree. Again, um, you know, we do have in my area. We have a uh, wonderful group of oncologists, and I've had my own pet over there. And um, there's a lot that can be done. And I think most veterinarians that are using these types of tools are very honest what it can and can't do. So um, rather than dissuade you from doing anything or looking further, I would definitely encourage you to get a second opinion. Thanks for your call, Lauren. We appreciate it. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to the Dream Team right now. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by World's Best Cat Litter. Hey, cat people! It's just litter until you realize those big boxes mean big smells, big messes, and big money. You know, I made the switch to World's Best Cat Litter with concentrated power. You can learn more at tryworldsbest.com. And thank you so much, guys, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's uh, go to Diana. Hi, Diana. How are you? Hi, I'm just fine, thank you. Where are you calling from today? From California. What's going on with you? Well, I uh, my sister passed away a couple of years or a couple of months ago. I'm sorry. And thank you. We took um, two of her dogs in. One of them is a male. He's like a terrier Chihuahua mix, and he's marking inside my house his territory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and I take it is he neutered? No, he's not. I'm, that's my next step. I'm going to have him neutered. But okay, well, because that really is for a male dog. It's one of the, the core ways that they communicate their territory, and the drive to do that is very heavily hormonally controlled. Not that it's the sole thing, but in an unneutered male dog, um, it's almost inevitable that they're going to mark in a house. Um, and we have, I have some folks female. that. It, I'm sorry. Four female. We have four small female dogs in the house too. Holy cow. And are they yeah. spayed? Or? Yes, they were just spayed. <laughs> they were. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, male dogs, this is this is something not uncommon. Um, so for where you're at, until his little gonads are gone, <laughs> this is going to be a challenge. And the good thing is that, you know, um, a lot of that may be improved by neutering him. But since he is already an adult and he's been doing this, there is some learned component to that. So it's not going to magically go away, and it's going to need to be followed up with some good behavioral training. And a lot of this kind of goes back to the fundamentals with dogs and them feeling 
comfortable with their territory so that they don't have to mark inside. Because we know that a, a nervous and anxious and insecure dog is going to urine mark in an environment more readily than a dog that's comfortable, that's um confident in his situations and you know that's not so nervous or fearful so a lot of this i I really emphasize basic obedience training and leash commands Um, a dog that knows that the human is the gentle leader in the household um, is going to follow the rules and not be as inclined to say marking in the house saying hey this is my zone because he's going to say hey this is my parents zone i live here with them but i don't have to mark um, so, so, it, and that's going to be, you know, working on come, sit, uh, all those basic leash commands. And then really with him, he's going to be a dog that I would not allow free access and free roam of the home at all. Okay. Um, because he does need to have um, a very supervised environment where you can watch him. And I, I don't like to heavily punish when you catch them in the act unless you can actually get him outside to the proper area. And then you say, you know, no, 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 no. And then you say, yes, good boy. We're going yeah. outside. You take him out on a leash. You give him that good praise or even a treat when he does it. So yeah. kind of treat him like he's that eight-week-old puppy that you might have and, um, that's where a lot of folks actually we will fail in these situations because we think, oh, they're adults. They can run around. They'll be fine. Uh, but you really do need to accompany that with heavy praise and positive rewards where he does go, okay. when he does go where you want him to go. Okay. And, yes, we have doggy door and he goes outside, you know, through the doggy door. But I'll find him, you know, where he has marked, not in the act because he won't do it in front of me. He's a little, his name is Rascal and he, he matches his name. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, I will find later I'll go, oh. Really? Yeah. You just marked on the bag? Thank you. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've dealt with this with my little boss man. Uh, I have a little terrier. And when I first got him, he wanted to mark all over the place um, when he wanted to mark. And, and what I had to do was take control. So when we went out on a leash, he didn't just go pull me aside and go to a, a tree to go marking. He wanted to, and he did at first. I worked with him and corrected that. So when I gave him the word, go potty or go to the bathroom, he was permitted to go to the side and mark, but not mm-hmm. until I told him it was okay to. And that's a lot of just kind of learning that respect and that leash command. And that, right. that that's where you'll you'll need to work on the efforts. And then one other little tool you can use in the household um, for male dogs that can help them to not tinkle on themselves um, or tinkle in the house is to use a belly band. And it's a little type of an um, uh, elastic-y band that you put over the boy parts, right over the lower abdomen. and. Uh-huh. If he were to urine mark with that on, it's basically he tinkles up against his skin, and it's an unpleasant oh. situation. And a lot of dogs actually, it, it can help them to not do that because they uh, they don't like that sensation, you know, just like a, a baby in a diaper. At like a, a pet place or just a piece of oh, a sure. You may okay. find that online or, yeah, at local pet stores, and they're basically just known as belly bands. Okay, that's that's a great idea. I like that. Okay, well, okay. good luck with that, Diana, and, and bless you. you for taking those babies in. Yeah, they're sweethearts. <laughs> That's why we have five now. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your help. Take care. one 405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. And lest I not forget, if you have a Yorkshire Terrier, a Shih Tzu, a Pug, or a Mini Schnauzer, please check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. In fact, we have links over at the Animal Radio website. Are you working on more breeds, by the way? You know, I'd like to say I am, but some days it's just tough getting through the business day. I know. You're staying busy. I'm surprised you got that many out. Yeah. You're listening to Animal Radio. 
Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. How long would you wait for your shower to get hot? How long would you wait for your cell phone to fully charge? How long would you wait to get relief from your nasal congestion? If you're congested now and you want powerful relief now, use Afrin No-Drip. Afrin starts working in seconds and keeps working for 12 hours. So why wait when you can start to get relief in seconds with Afrin? Afrin, powerful congestion relief without the wait. Use as directed. For more information, go to Afrin.com. Gary, why aren't you outside enjoying the party? Uh, Hey, Michelle. It's this heartburn. When it hits, it really hits hard. Oh, I'm sorry. That's it. I've had it. I'm going to kick acid with Rolaids. Rolaids Advanced goes to work instantly for powerful relief of your worst heartburn, bloating, and gas. Wow, you're packed fast. Yeah, I feel much better. Now this is a party. Kick acid and gas with Rolaids Advanced. Any Jane Doe can tell you that Geico could help you save. But since money talks, we just ask the savings instead. Greetings and sun salutations. I'm Jane's Money. And I never knew my self-worth until Jane switched her car insurance at Geico.com. Those 15 minutes built me up to real savings. Geico's been helping customers save money like me for over 75 years. So take that to the bank. And namaste. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio. And remember how very, very important it is to spay or neuter your pet. No, that's terrible. Okay, start again. (laughs) This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with your pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. On the other end of that phone, Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani. And we'll head back to those phones in just a couple of seconds here. Uh, I've lost my voice. It's, Already? I don't know what the deal is, so you'll have to bear with me today. The dog food dude is going to be back with us. Remember him? He was I on like a couple years ago. Yeah. This guy, he thinks you should share some of the food that you have at the dinner table with your dog, but he suggests really? certain foods and certain amounts. He says there's a rationale to it, and I will talk to Rick Woodford, the dog food dude, in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Also, a guy who builds dog houses. Which is interesting because I don't have a doghouse myself. The animals are inside. They don't want to go outside. I mean, I, t- I walk them outside, but I, I don't use a dog. Do you use a doghouse? I don't. No, no, and well, I don't know too many people who do. Do you have a doghouse? I don't either. Yeah, that we have it. They don't, they don't really use it. But when I had my Amstaff, um, he used to love going outside and going in his doghouse. It was almost like his, um, you know, like his crate. Like his man cave, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You okay. Know, I had a hangover TV and a couch and air conditioner, and, you know, he liked it. Well, uh, this contractor guy, actually, he owns a lumber yard, 
and uh, he builds dog houses, and he's going to tell you how to make a dog cave for your <laughs> for your dog, and uh, where to get the materials and all that stuff. And what kind of materials? Yes. So that's on the way. Also, Lori Brooks in the newsroom. What are you working on for this hour? Well, it's the new year, and everybody's on a diet, right? Yep, I so am. So <laughs> you got to get healthy. But we're going to tell you about a dog who lost almost half his body weight because he was morbidly obese. Uh, it's a great story, and, and we're talking a lot, a lot of weight. Hmm. Well, that's on the way. How about you, Joey? What do we got on the show today? Well, we're going to talk about getting rid of some staining off of light-colored dogs, whether it be on tear stain, whether it be around the muzzle, the feet, the stomach. Now, I know there's stuff for tear stains. There's, that you can go out and buy. And in fact, wasn't there like a recall on that? Yeah, it was year? like Angel Eyes or something. Angel Eyes, yeah. 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 Do you use any of that stuff? Or do you have... I, you know what? i got to be honest with you. I've known people who have had wonderful results with Angel Eyes. Um, you know, huh? I, mean, I think part of the problem with a lot of these things is, is um, you know, there's no regulations for it. So when something does occur, um, usually it's pretty big. So. I got I got some good I got some really good remedies and I understand Safe. the ingredients may even be on our shelves in our kitchen right and bathroom right yeah well I guess I guess you've been listening to me long enough to find out that most of the things I talk about you can usually find them real easy okay that's on the way right here on Animal Radio let's go to your calls one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five and don't forget you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android thanks to those folks over Doctors Fosters and Smith. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update, brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy, with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick Medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Beginning in April, all dogs in England, Scotland, and Wales will have to be microchipped with their owner's information registered and kept up to date in a big, huge database that they're doing to encourage responsible pet ownership. Now, to help people get the job done, Dogs Trust, which is the U.K.'s largest animal welfare charity, is offering Free microchipping. Imagine that. It's hoped that what they call compulsory microchipping will help reduce the number of lost and abandoned dogs and will allow authorities then to directly identify the dog owners and then hold them accountable for their dog's behavior and welfare. Should you ever need this service, I thought it was pretty cool. There is what's called Kitty Bungalow Charm School for Wayward Cats. It's in Los Angeles. They take special care in socializing feral kittens and then placing the newly socialized lap cats into lifelong loving homes. Now, this group says its mission is to provide all cats able to adjust to indoor life, of course, with a warm and loving forever home while providing those cats who need to continue living outdoors with a caring colony manager assuring all cats a humane and happy existence who ever thought of a cat charm school really very clever 
At the beginning of a new year, we all make a resolution to lose weight, right? Well, Buddy the dog has a jump on all of us after losing more than 100 pounds last year. Buddy's new life began when his previous elderly owners could no longer care for him and they were forced to surrender the 180-pound, six-year-old, morbidly obese Australian Shepherd to Hull's Haven Border Collie Rescue in Canada. It was a long nine-month journey of dieting and kind of easing him into exercise along with cucumbers and tomatoes for treats. But today, Buddy weighs 71 pounds and is up for adoption. In fact, Buddy lost so much weight that, like humans, he had to undergo skin removal surgery so that he could, you know, be more comfortable while he became active again. Buddy, by the way, was also monitored by his vet with weekly weigh-ins. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at FosterAndSmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a Vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Remedil to non-prescription items like Canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. Animal Radio. And we'll head back to the phones in just a couple of minutes. Those numbers toll free at 1-866-405-8405. And we visit first with Larry Hobbs. He's the founder and CEO of Bow Wow Dog Houses, a Los Angeles-based company that makes custom eco-friendly dog houses. Welcome to the show, Larry. Thank you. Now you uh you Happy to be here. How did you get started doing this? Didn't you work in the lumber industry or something like that? Yes, uh, we uh, are a manufacturer of industrial uh, packaging products, uh, primarily for wire and cable, so that would be uh, uh, most commonly known as spools, uh, cable reels. And um, we, as a, as a, as a, uh, a side uh, line, we, uh, uh, I needed a doghouse and went out and looked at the marketplace and didn't find anything I liked, and so I said, well, I'll just build one in the shop. So we uh, built the first one and liked what we were like what we were doing and uh-huh. thought hmm then other people saw what we were doing and asked if we could build them one and it just uh kind of grew from that well what makes your doghouse so different than other dog houses you said you couldn't find anything like that on the market um i couldn't find anything large enough um most of the of the dog houses that i i did find were were smaller and i needed something i had a, a, a blue tick hound 
and knew that um, once he grew, you know, grew up that he was going to be about 80 pounds. Yep, big dog. And uh, he was going to need plenty of room to get in inside and turn around. And none of the houses that I saw had that, the, the, you know, that kind of spaciousness to it. So um, we uh, said, well, we're going to have to make it this size. And people saw that, and uh, people with uh, German Shepherds and Pit Bulls and so forth uh, saw that, that, that design, and they liked what they saw and uh, asked us to, to build one for them. I didn't even think people were really using dog houses anymore. It seems like all the dogs are inside our house. Is there still a need for dog house? What you find uh, uh, typically uh, what we've learned through this process is a lot of people do have their, their dogs come in in the evenings. Um, I do with my dog as well. Um, but during the day when I'm not at home, um, he's got shelter from the rain or the weather or cold or, uh, you know, even the heat. Uh, during the day, a lot of times in the middle part of the day, when it's 80 or 90 degrees outside, he's in his doghouse. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at some of these pictures here. They're actually, I wish I could hold these up to the microphone and you could see these pictures here of these doghouses because they're not just run-of-the-mill doghouses. Explain the diversity and variety that you have. You know, we um, once we got rolling, um, a lot of what uh, I, I found in uh, pictures that of, of homes, of, of just homes, um, your your regular homes for humans. <laughs> there there were uh, like our beach house, for instance, that we call our beach house. Um, you know, we looked at that and and I saw a design and I said, you know, we can do that in a doghouse. Why not? Um, <laughs> and so we 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 did. We built it and we keep adding to um, and we keep trying to to uh, make the the house uh, more substantial. And we try to vary the designs, and but a lot of the designs and features that we build into our houses are for the dog's comfort, for adding ventilation, um, for for cleaning, uh, making it easier to clean, like a side swinging door. You know, they have the door in the front where the dog goes in and out, uh-huh. but then a door that opens up on the side allows you to clean it, to uh-huh. clean it uh, a little better, to pull the dog bed out if you have a dog bed in there, and so forth, and air it all out, and so forth. And I think it just makes it healthier. Uh, environment for the dog have you ever had anybody ask you to build one to match their house or make a replica of their house several several (laughs) and uh we've we've come close on when we've uh worked on some of those when we're allowed to work on some of those um you know it it gets into a situation where um you know there's we're limited on the the material and the scale um uh, as a matter of fact i uh, last year i went to the National Builder Show in Las Vegas, and I was there specifically to look for roofing materials that would be of scale, and also to try and keep uh, looking for features that we can utilize and build into the design that we have, currently have. I smell an HGTV series. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I would watch that, wouldn't you? I would. Sure. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Do you recommend doing uh, if you have several dogs one big house, or do you think everybody should have their own private space? I think it depends on the dogs. They, you know, and the owner would, if the dogs are are really good with one another and they enjoy, uh, or or they end up sleeping together, you know, that kind of thing. It's better to keep them together. I think. Um, so I would suggest a larger home for two dogs. Uh, we do side by sides what we call, um, and that is where you would have 
uh, a partition and or a wall in between. And that can either be a swinging door so you can allow them to be together or you can close it where they can be separated. Those are like dog apartments or condos, condos. or adjoining hotel rooms. Yeah, adjoining hotel rooms. You can leave the door yes. open if they want. Uh, yes. The website bow-wowdoghouses.com is where you're going to learn more about this. I'm going to go over there and check it out. Didn't know there was still an industry for this, but it's very cool that you're doing well and that you're doing it so uniquely. We appreciate you spending time with us today, Larry. Well, thank you for having us. And uh, if there's anything we can do to help out, just give us a call. Very good. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at www.redbarninc.com. Thanks so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's head back to the phones for your calls. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405 for Dr. Debbie or Dogfather Joey Villani. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. Oh, hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive. Hi, Lily. Hi, how are you? Good. How can we help you? Well, we have a um, a year and a half old Shih Tzu, and he is loving and everything. We take him, we let him outside the house. Um, we have a little rope that he goes outside the house, and we walk him in the evenings. And um, I'll take him in the mornings for a quick five-minute walk. And he does his business, like, on 100 mailboxes, and then he comes inside and still does his business. Yeah, and yikes. <laughs> around my, especially around my table, like my, you know, if you'll, you'll go around the table. Mm. What's up with that? Is it, is it a birch table or a maple? Does he like certain <laughs> woods or trees? Oh, golly. I'm oh, sorry. I shouldn't is, be making fun. It is fun. a maple table. It is a maple <laughs> <It> is table. <laughs> All right. Now, did you mention, Lily, if, you're, uh, if your little guy is neutered? He's not. Okay. Well, that's where we're going to start. Because that table leg does look like very much like a tree to him. And doesn't matter to him if it's inside or outside. It's all his territory. And that's basically what he's saying as he's urinating. Dogs urinate to go to the bathroom, but they also do it to communicate. And it's basically a way that he can't help tell other critters, human, dog, otherwise, that that's his territory. So just be known. This is my, this is my turf. <laughs> so, um, it is very challenging to correct this type of problem if we don't first address the underlying issue. And that is getting this fella neutered. Um, male hormones of an intact dog are going to cause this behavior. So if we get him neutered and this is still going on, then we're going to go through some behavioral training, some modifications. But some of the core of that is cleaning up the areas uh, with a good enzyme-based cleaner that can help to destroy some of that scent at its core. Um, and then we're going to really go back to the basics of house training and making him go potty outside and then keeping him supervised almost as a puppy when he's indoors. But before we go there, you really got to go ahead and see about getting this guy taken care of. Call your favorite local veterinarian and get the snipping done. <laughs> it's so much more than population control. It's, it can uh, You can avert a lot of different sicknesses, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what? The, you know, even though you're having this problem now, Lily, I have a lot of people that tell me that their dog is five years old and they've never had a problem and there is really a lag time for some of these behaviors so we know if we neuter dogs before they develop sexual mature signs 
basically by six months of age, then we can avoid most of these behaviors completely. The problem is when we don't take advantage of that before they're sexually mature, then it gives them the opportunity for these behaviors to develop, and it's a lot harder to stop that. So for anyone out there who says, oh, my dog's not neutered and he's doing just fine, just wait. This can happen, and it can very easily happen down the road after they've been good for years and years and years. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Very good. Where are you? I'm in Colorado Springs. Okay, you're on with Dr. Debbie. Hi, Jim. Hey, Dr. Hey, Dr. Debbie. Hey, what can I do for you today? Well, we've got a, uh, a cat. She's a little older. She's not exactly sure how old she is, between 12 and 14 years old. Um, she's always been rather slender, but recently she's dropped about a pound in weight, so now she only weighs about four and a half pounds. Wow, uh, that is tiny. Yeah, she's um, hungry uh, very often. She prefers uh, canned food uh, to you know, dry, because, probably because her teeth are a little bit tender mm-hmm. uh, for her age. So she's lost weight. She's got loose bowels. We've moved the cat boxes upstairs so that she doesn't have so far to go to get to them, so she makes them more uh, regularly. But still, we're pretty concerned uh, what she's go- got going on. Sure. Now, you said she's eating well. Is she is she eating a lot more than she usually does, or is that just she's always been a good eater? Uh, she's always been a fairly good eater. Uh, she asks asks for for food more often now. And how about any any changes in her personality? Does she seem uh, comfortable? Does she have any problems getting uh, sleeping through the night? Uh, anything like that? No, she doesn't seem to have any other problems. She's always been a little skittish, but uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like if you try to pick her up, she'll want to jump out of your you know arms or lap or something. But uh, she still comes and sits on you, or she can pet her on the back of the head just fine. So she's not okay. changed that way. Good, good. And then um, has there been any diet change, any new treats or any brand change recently? No. No, all the same stuff we've been using for a while. Okay. The first thing that I would say for a kitty in her age bracket, and the first thing I would go run into the vet and check out, is to have her thyroid level checked. Um, and the reason is that middle-aged to older cats can get a condition called hyperthyroidism, where the thyroid gland produces too much of that hormone. And that can cause things like ravenous appetite, weight loss, can cause some excitability problems, and it can cause diarrhea and vomiting. And some of what you've described would make me concerned enough that you might potentially be dealing with something like that. Um, if it is that condition, it is treatable. There's a variety of different ways to deal with that, but it would be a matter of getting that diagnosed and getting her on the right therapy for that because um, that is a, probably one of the most common hormone problems we do see in cats. Um, and then I think beyond that, you know, maybe we could have some other issues. And in older kitties, we can see some problems with inflammatory bowel disease where they don't necessarily absorb their nutrients really well. We get diarrhea, vomiting, weight loss. And that can sometimes be managed um, with um, hypoallergenic diets and uh, just an overall health assessment, making sure nothing else is really going wrong. Um, so that might be something else to consider. And, and I like to go with some different, uh, what we call novel protein diets, things that are kind of different that the kitty's never seen before, uh, duck-based diets, venison-based diets, because sometimes that can help a kitty with inflammatory bowel disease um, so that they can uh, use their nutrients more efficiently. 
Um, but there are some bad things that can potentially cause all of what we're describing and what we're talking about, and, and those can be some of the intestinal uh, cancer type things. So um, the first thing I would say is make sure we check out that thyroid possibility. Um, I'm from Vegas, and I don't like to bet, <laughs> but yeah. that would be one of the first things I'd want to um, bet on for her that that may be uh, going on. And then check out the rest of the uh, digestive tract with your veterinarian. We did go to the vet yesterday, and so blood tests are being done right now. So uh, he, seemed to think, he seemed to think the same thing you did. Uh, her, her thyroid glands were not uh, pronounced in any fashion, but uh, he was still fairly confident that that is... Uh, definitely a possibility so yeah and that's one thing that sometimes we're lucky enough if we're worried about thyroid gland problems we can actually feel that just by kind of running our fingers along the the throat area Um, but yeah if we don't find that just visibly doesn't mean it's not there because cats can have thyroid tissue kind of hidden elsewhere in their neck and in their chest area so yeah well let me know how that goes jim because um you know i want to know if i'm right (laughs) and we'll see if you're if your vet and i are thinking along the same ways there this is Dr. Debbie with Animal Radio. If you have a question, give me a call at 1-866-405-8405. It gives me great pleasure to present to you the dog father, Joey Valoni. How you doing? If I was doing any better, I'd be, um, I was going to say you, but I'd be Judy, because I think Judy's doing better. <laughs> She's doing better, yeah. I'm doing yeah. good. She's got the life. Okay. So, so what's if up I, this yeah, week? If I, if, you know what? I got a um, good question from a listener. And um, she has a white dog. And this is a very, very commonly asked question that it could have a real simple um, result or could have a very um, complicated um, um, solution, I should say. And that is um, she has a white dog and it's staining. And she's using everything and she can't get the staining out. And um, a lot of times it's due to a whole bunch of things depending on where it's stained. Most commonly the eyes on a white dog which is usually a bacteria or a yeast, um, or the paws are around the stomach area because usually they chew those areas and um, their saliva is what stains it. But it could be a number of things. It could be a diet. It could be food allergies. Um, it could be the dye from the food. So the first thing and the most easy thing is um, apple cider vinegar. A teaspoon of apple cider vinegar added to your dog's water daily. Okay, if it is... Wait, 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 wait. Add it to their water? Drinking water? Yes, absolutely. You're only talking about a, um, you know, a um, teaspoon, a tablespoon here. And you add it to their, to the dog's water. Now, what that'll do, it'll actually help if there's any pH. See, what happens is the staining in the bacteria is caused by low pH levels in the dog's body. So what you're doing, and it's just like with a person, is you're trying to alkaline them again. So you're changing the pH level. And I've tried it, and I've seen people who have had dogs that have tried and had tremendous results. If that doesn't work, I mean, you could try bluing shampoos. But bluing shampoos, they're optical illusions is all they are. A cast of blue makes white look whiter. So you're not really getting rid of the problem. You're just kind of masking it a little bit. There's enzymatic and clarifying shampoos. Now, enzymatic shampoos work really, really well. Um, The only thing with both of these is they're a little bit harsh. Bleaching shampoos and pastes are real dangerous and should be left up to a professional. But if you have to do it at home, I got a really good home remedy for you. It's unflavored milk of magnesia, 10 to 20% hydrogen peroxide, okay? And you're going to mix that equal parts, okay? And you're going to mix it with a little bit of cornstarch. And you're going to want to apply it to these areas. Now, what that'll do, that'll help draw out the color. 
and then you're going to shampoo it out. And usually that'll work pretty well. And you know what? It's funny because these ingredients that are in these products are very similar to the ingredients that you'll find in a lot of um, your beauty um, supply um, salons for your own hair. So, um, oh, I didn't know that. Those are three ways to get rid of some get rid of staining. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Hey, if you want to speak to Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Villani, there's two ways you can do that. You can call toll-free 1-866-405-8405. The other way, do you want to do this? No. Don't don't mimic me. Don't mock me. I'm not mocking you. I'm just having fun. moving her lips along with me. Am I that predictable? I'm going to call you guys the Bickersons. The Bickersons. <laughs> the other way you can ask your questions is from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And download that right now. It's a free download thanks to those folks over Doctors Fosters and Smith. And you can ask your questions right from the app as well as listen to the show and even uh, browse our deep resources. It's a, it's a fun app and it's it free. It is a fun app. Make room for it on your phone because I know everybody's asking you to download their app right now. This is one of those apps you want to have. Especially if there's a recall on foods, you want to know first, especially if you're feeding your animal that food. This is the only app you're going to ever need. Look at her. (laughs) Her lips didn't even move when she said that. (laughs) Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, one state in the whole country is going to lead the way on this one issue and making it illegal to do an elective procedure on your pets. Um Cat specifically. So think uh-huh. about that, and we'll tell you what it is and where it's happening coming up. And if you're a longtime listener of this show, you already know what it is. <laughs> so uh, let's go to the phones. And let's go to Rossi. Hey, Rossi, where are you calling from today? Uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh, just down the street. So, yeah. Listening on KVEC, how can we help you today? Well, I've got a uh, 19-pound Patterdale Terrier. Wow. Eight years old. Okay. And uh, he started developing sores between his toes, and now they kind of spread to his pads and his uh, toenails. Ooh, okay. On all of his toes, or just the front versus the rear? Uh, it's pretty universal. It's it's, it's front and back. Um, I've tried uh, uh, antibiotics, and it worked until I ran out of antibiotics, and it came back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's a long treatment for antibiotics that we can do, or some okay. kind of. What did soak. you tried? What I tried soaking them in different solutions and okay. hypoallergenic baths and stuff like that. Okay, and then what did your did your veterinarian um, do? Any kind of test? Take any sample from the area? Uh, they said that they it's hard to get it from the area because in between the toes it's really sore and healing is, is tough and uh so no they haven't done that they did suggest that but it was close to a thousand dollars um and the antibiotics did work just mm-hmm. not you know once once they were over it, it came back yeah 
unfortunately, we can't really say that, you know, the antibiotics are going to be the solution to this problem because there's a lot of times with foot problems where we'll get secondary infection. So what you're describing isn't unusual. So some of those tests, you know, we may need to prioritize what works within a budget because it is going to be very important to figure out what kind of thing could be going on because there's several different things that really come to mind. And, and we can get bacterial infections. There can be mites. We can get funguses and then things like allergies and immune system problems. So there's a lot of different things that can play a role. I will tell you that when I have dogs that have what we call interdigital dermatitis, so sores between the toes, Uh they are among the most frustrating and the most chronic in nature if we don't get an accurate diagnosis from the get-go. So there are it's not unheard of for my clients to come in and they may come in and treat something like this, run the course of antibiotics, and then in three weeks they come back Um, because if we stop the course and don't do a follow-up or don't follow those uh, recommendations, it it will often keep kind of coming and going, coming and going. So that initial investment in testing is painful, but (laughs) I can tell you it's going to be well worth it in the long run. Well, Um, and after the testing, uh, you know, what's the typical treatment after that? More antibiotics or... Well, it depends. So I'm just going to kind of zone into one particular diagnosis that um, can be a problem. And you said your doggy was a terrier or Patterdale? Okay. So they commonly can have a lot of different allergy-driven problems, which means that we can get secondary things on top of that. We can get mites. We can get fungus. We can get bacterial infections secondary to that. So... Uh Sometimes it means we have to look into allergy testing or treatments for allergies. Um, But if we're dealing with, say, just a garden variety antibiotic responsive problem, we might need to treat for four to six weeks or more of continuous antibiotics. So this is where, (laughs) when you talk about that, how does your veterinarian know if an antibiotic is going to work and if that four to six week of investment of antibiotics is worth it. And that's where I'm going back to that initial test, getting a sample culture or at least doing something we call cytology to look to see if we see bacteria there that will be uh-huh. um, picking a category of antibiotic that would be appropriate. So that's that's why I'm telling you that little bit of investment can really help because I do gotcha. see commonly um, too short of a course of antibiotic, um, or people think that the outer part of the foot looks better when it really isn't deep down. And, right. um, you know, we do need to continue that course longer and longer. Um, so, that makes sense. Yeah. So I know nobody likes to hear that, you know, vets tests are, you know, <laughs> you got to spend the money, but it really can make a big difference. Um, and then as far as, like, things with the feet, I do like doing soaks. Um, and I'm there's all sorts of different ways you can go. You can go with the... Um, antibacterial soaks. The cheapest thing you can do is Epsom salts and using that for, you know, 10 to 15 minutes twice a day um, can help with a lot of different things. So that's something, you know, inexpensive you can do at home to kind of supplement and help things along. Okay. Yeah, the antibiotics seem seem to work. Uh, Visually, it cleared everything up on the outside. And then after the, the course was done, it came back within a week or so. Yeah. And how long was the course? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Yep. Yep. So that, that I would say, in my opinion, I would definitely have treated a lot longer. So, so you know, I would uh, you know give your veterinarian another call and let them know that it has reoccurred and they may advise just a longer course. Um, but otherwise, they may tell you we got to do a little investigation. Yeah, I've heard up to two months. Um, but I appreciate the call. I just wanted to see if uh, you know they were leading me down the right path or or, or not. 
Yep. So- sounds like they, they've got your pet's toes at heart and <laughs> their best interests <laughs> at heart. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank Thanks. You. Thanks, Rossi, for calling. Toll free one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five to reach out to Dr. Debbie. And by the way, if you happen to have a Yorkshire Terrier or a Shih Tzu, a Pug or a Mini Schnauzer, Dr. Debbie's written a book called How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend, one for each of those breeds, and you could get them over at Amazon. They're Kindle books and more information about those books and links over at AnimalRadio.com. Uh, let's head back to the phones. We have Walter on the phone. Hey, Walter, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from today? Barbersville, West Virginia. Barbersville, West Virginia. I can't say that I've ever been there. Is it nice? It's pretty nice, yes. Oh, okay. So you got animals. What kind of animals do you have? Well, I have a, a one-and-a-half-year-old spayed female cat. And what's going on with her? Well, she always wants to go over to my neighbor's yard where because he feeds the birds, so there are always birds flitting around there. Mm-hmm. And I've chased her away. My neighbor has chased her away. Even two cats chased her away, but she still insists on going back, and I'd like to find out if there's some way I can keep her from going over there. What do you think, Doc? Well, you know what? There definitely is, and it's called a door. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, yeah, keeping kitties indoors would probably be the, the, the simplest thing I could offer you on that. Um, and I'm being a little joking here because I know some cats and some f- folks are used to that outdoor lifestyle. Um, but, you know, the truth is there's birds there. They're, that's like real live cat. TV, but in, in, in the flesh. So that's very exciting. There's probably not going to be a lot you can do to unmotivate her to go over there. There, there are some things depending on your property and also, honestly, how much you, effort you want to put into deterring her, um, that you can try utilizing. And, and if your property does so allow, um, actual fencing, so if you have either a, block wall or fencing around the area. Actually, you can get um, additions to the wall. Um, basically, they call it cat fencing. And it kind of curves back towards your property and has different variety of types of uh, gate material or um, wire that you put up there. And that helps to keep them in the property. And that works great if you've got the kind of uh, area where you can fence everything in fully. Well, I do, um, I do have a cat fence in the back. Um, but it's a small yard, and uh, she she just is unsatisfied by just being able to go out into the small yard. So she comes in the house and starts begging me to let her out. <laughs> you know? Oh, there I, you I, go. So, like so the cat fence uh, works, but you're you're letting her through. <laughs> yes, yeah, because she's just unhappy, you know, in this small space that I gave her. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the other things that we do um, recommend for cat owners that still allow them to get a taste of the outdoors without necessarily harming wildlife or, you know, encroaching on neighbor's property is building cat enclosures, basically like a cat patio that can be fenced in. You can have um, little window seats there. Um, some people put bird feeders outside so that they can attract the wildlife so that kitty can watch and see but not um, attack. And, um, you know, that would be something to, to look into building as well. You know, some of the other deterrents, you know, there's, there's things that you can put out that are granules to deter cats or wildlife. You know, I find those don't really make a hill of a difference um, in these situations. There are some um, motion-activated deterrents, which could be difficult in a large property, um, unless we're just trying to stay away from a particular zone. Mm-hmm. Um, those are you know, activated with either um, spritzing water or giving off uh, puffs of air. 
Um, but, but again, those I, I usually use more for the individual cat owner when they're trying to keep, say, a stray away from their house or from their entrance to their home. Yeah. There are, for dogs, we do use, um, the, uh, invisible fencing, you know, where the, the dog wears a collar, um, you put, uh, barrier fencing beneath the ground and it emits an electrical signal when yeah. they cross that threshold. For dogs, that can work really well. Cats, it can be a real disaster, very honestly, um, because it, it can get really freaked out by the electronic correction and it can actually be counterproductive. Um, so it doesn't always really work with cats. I have known of some folks that will use a product like that that is accompanied with a citronella dispensing collar and that is a uh, type of a collar that emits that kind of like that citronella candle, the, the mosquito uh, candle smell. Um, so that might be something if you had um, a distributor in your area or someone who could set that up that you might be able to use that in a little more cat-friendly manner. I see. In other um, words, it's an invisible fence that somehow activates the collar to uh, emit the citronella? Yes. So there's generally there's a, an outer barrier, and it has to be installed by the company. So they generally have had clients very happy with the service on um, these type of products. And there's an initial interior zone that when they get to that, they get, say, like an audible tone saying, hey, you're, you're treading in bad territory. If they continue further, at least the dog formula, it's an electronic um, correction they get on their collar. Um, but, yeah, if you can get one with the citronella, I would probably lean towards that with a cat. I, I I don't. I don't think the other form is going to do well for you. Okay. Let me now. If I was to try to keep her in the house, she mm-hmm. would need somebody to keep her busy for hours. And I oh, see sure. these various toys, like little tracks with balls going around. Is there anything that you can suggest that would really keep the cat occupied for a long time? You know, the problem with cats is they get bored within five minutes. So it's not just one thing. Uh-huh. You need to have a whole smorgasbord of entertainment for cats. So that's why window seats, the, the kitty enclosures that give you a little bit of the outdoors in, those are very important, especially for a cat that is accustomed to going outside. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of perching sites, um, but the interactive toys where there's like a moving mouse or a laser um, thing that's moving, those are all really wonderful for cats that are used to a lot of prey. Um, they're doing a lot of hunting. That's going to be very important. And then there's food dispensing toys as well for cats. So there's different types of little cubes that they can push around. You can put cat food or treats in there and really make the indoors more um, stimulating for them. Okay. But, yeah, well, you got to be ready. You, you're going to have to be like a one-man show. You're going to have to like say, oh, look at this cat toy, and then pull out another one ten minutes later. Oh, look yeah. at this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Walter. Well, good well, good luck with you. that, Walter. Thank you, Doctor. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Stella and Chewy's. Pets thrive when they're fed the same food they'd get in the wild. And meal mixers are an easy, convenient way to add raw, nutrient-rich meat, wholesome fruits and vegetables, probiotics, and antioxidants to your pet's diet. You can learn more over at StellaandChewy's.com. And thank you so much, guys, for underwriting... Guys and gals, should I say. Thank you so much, guys and gals, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. 
Stella and Chewy's believes that selecting the best food is one of the most important decisions an owner can make for their pet. We believe that pets thrive when they're fed the same diet they'd get in the wild. Dogs and cats are carnivores, and meal mixers are a quick and convenient way to mix a little raw nutrition and great taste into their diet. Made from premium raw ingredients like grass-fed meat and cage-free poultry with organic fruits and vegetables, meal mixers help kickstart your kibble. Learn more at StellaAndChewy's.com. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. Be sure to pick up a copy of Fido-friendly magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. There are times being a genius would really come in handy. This is Houston. Your oxygen levels will be depleted unless you put the valve modulator into the auxiliary gauge after you've calibrated the flexternal matrix, not the external matrix. Do not touch that one. I'm just the cook. But thankfully, you don't need to be a genius to do your own taxes. Because with TurboTax, you can snap a photo of your W-2 with your smartphone, and it will automatically put your information into all the right forms. Into it, TurboTax. Taxes done smarter. The new year means incredible new deals at Lumber Liquidators. And that means huge savings on the gorgeous hardwood floor you've always wanted. Choose from more than 400 top-quality floors and the latest styles, like the classic look of oak. This week, get pre-finished oak from just 99 cents. That's 50% off. Or get the hottest looks in whitewashed flooring. Our new Aspen Breeze White Oak Laminate is now an unbeatable 189 For a limited time, get 20% off beautiful wood-look tile packages. Great deals on all engineered hardwood and more from just 59 cents. Plus, get special financing. These deals won't last. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you. Hi, this is Joyce Hewitt on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your animals. Thank you. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Here's the number. It's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Direct to the Animal Radio Dream Team. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. And dog father Joey Volani on the other side of that phone. And in the newsroom, Miss Lori Brooks. What do you have coming up in just a few minutes? Well, coming up, a couple in England gets a puppy for Christmas. But this puppy is a first ever in the history of the world to be this way. You got me. I'm sticking around for that. (laughs) So it's amazing. I'll tell really. you, when Lori rolls out a tease, it just it, <laughs> it's a head scratcher. We're not messing around here. It's uh, so that's in the well, way. Just a few minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. I wouldn't tell you if I didn't think it was amazing. On the way, just after Lori Brooks, the dog food dude Rick Woodford will be joining us. He's back for his second appearance. I think we spoke to him like what four or five years ago. Yeah, it's been quite a few years. Been a few years, mm-hmm. and he says you should share your food with your animals, is what he says, or your dogs in particular. But he wants to tell you which foods to share. So don't go willy nilly sharing in pizza and burgers and Big Macs and all like that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. So he's on the way in just a couple of minutes. Save those for yourself. I swear, you guys are in your studio, and you said food, and Gordy stopped his raucous licking. (laughs) (laughs) Looked up. Did someone say food? Let me tell you about a company that just is doing great work for the animals, but makes an incredible shampoo. 
the flavors that uh, we're still trying out all the different fragrances and flavors. I call them flavors because they're like apple and coconut, uh, blueberry, but there's also lavender in there and berry berry smell licious, which I actually I smell wonderful. Judy, will you smell my hair? Because oh, gee, your hair smells terrific. I use the tropical freshening berry berry smell licious this morning. And I'm thinking I will actually use a little of the spritzing leave-in conditioner later today. Now, it's for my dog. <laughs> and I've used it on my cat and various other animals. It works beautifully on them. But i got to tell you, it's gentle enough for me to use on my hair and make me smell good. I have to admit, I've used it, too. How could you not? They smell so wonderful. You've just got to try them. And besides, we try everything we use on our animals. It's so true. Lucy Pet Products making great products and giving back to the animals through the Lucy Pet Foundation. They're a registered 501c3 charity that helps animals in local communities and supports causes that benefit animal welfare, including animal radio. Lucy Pet Products are truly products with a cause. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Guests at a Missouri restaurant complained when one of the patrons was monkeying around. Well, mostly because he's an actual monkey. Debbie Rose of Springfield says Richard, her monkey, gives her the emotional support she needs to overcome an anxiety disorder. Without Richard, she wouldn't feel comfortable enough to go out in public, shop for groceries, or eat in a restaurant. The local health department determined that Richard wasn't a service animal because he wasn't trained to do a specific task. But a representative from the Justice Department in Washington said a case could be made for the emotional support that Richard the monkey gives his owner. Until they sort it out, sounds like Debbie and Richard may have to hit the drive through I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Hello everyone, it's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List, three must-do updates for your pet in January. Number one, identification. There are a variety of wonderful options to help us reunite with our lost pets, from electronic tags to microchipping and dog tags. But none of this is any good if you haven't updated the information associated with them. So update the information and make sure that you know how to use your identification selection. Number two, upgrade and update their collars and leashes. Take a look at the effect that so much dirt, fun, wear and tear can have on their collars and leashes and decide if it's time to upgrade. Number three, look at your water and feeding bowls and realize that keeping them clean and free of harmful bacteria is essential to your pet's health. We love our pets and want them to be safe and sound. So check their identification information, update their collars and leashes, and for everybody's health sake, get some new bulls. Share your must-do update on our Animal Radio Facebook page. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy with prescription medications and over-the-counter products like Advantix Flea and Tick medication delivered right to your door. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. <laughs> 
I'm Lori Brooks. If Linda Rosenthal has her way, New York will be the first state to make it illegal to declaw a cat. The Manhattan Assemblywoman has introduced a bill to ban the controversial procedure, sometimes called denuckling, because it's actually the entire knuckle, the last bone in the cat's toe that's taken off. The proposal to ban declawing in New York has really ignited some intense debate, too. While most veterinarians say that declawing should be a last resort, the New York State Veterinary Medical Society Society argues that cat owners have the right to decide what's best for their cat. Declawing or denuckling cats is already, by the way, banned in many countries, including Australia, India, Spain, and the United Kingdom, as well as seven other cities in California, including Los Angeles and San Francisco. A couple in England has a brand new puppy. His name is Chance, and he is a history-making pup, having been created from the DNA of a dog who has been deceased for nearly two weeks. Now, previously, clone dogs were created with the samples taken from living or very recently deceased dogs. But this is the first time the procedure, which, by the way, cost about $100,000, has succeeded with a sample from a dog who had passed on 12 days earlier. In fact, the couple told a London newspaper they still have their father dog in their freezer while they finish the garden where they plan to bury him. Well, we all know what it's like when our friends and family members go away, you know, on a long trip and leave us behind and we anxiously await their return. But it's like they say, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And that's exactly how Jasper the cat reacted to seeing his dog, Bao Z, after 10 days of being apart. The black cat could not contain his excitement as he jumps up and throws his paws around the dog's neck and buries his face in his fur. Bao Z's tail is wagging and the dog allows Jasper the cat to hug him for a couple of minutes before trying to back away like hey dude you know chill out a little bit the dog wants some breathing room but the cat isn't ready to let his best friend go the cat actually lets out a couple of excited meows and then clings to the dog with all of his might like with both of his paws touching in the front but eventually the big dog gives in and just enjoys all the loving i'm Lori brooks get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com this has been an animal radio news update Brought to you by Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Pharmacy. With everyday low prices on products like Quellin and Rimadil, delivered right to your door with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Learn more at fosterandsmith.com. Doctors Foster and Smith Pet Supplies have a vet VIPPS accredited online pharmacy covering all your pet's needs, from heartworm medications and anti-inflammatories like Rimadil to non-prescription items like canine Advantix Flea and Tick Preventive. Doctors Foster and Smith has your pet covered. We'll even contact your vet for you, all with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Low prices every day with free shipping on orders over $49. Shop online at fosterandsmith.com because your pet's health and happiness come first. Did you know canine caviar diets are formulated with common health concerns in mind, such as diabetes, cancer, and kidney disease? You see, canine caviar uses low GI carbs, which reduce hunger and prolong physical endurance. Free of GMO, gluten, hormones, steroids, and antibiotics, Canine Caviar's five-star dog and cat foods are the only alkaline-based foods in the world, and that promotes a healthy lifestyle for your furry family. Find out more at CanineCaviar.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. 
Don't you know it? You found Animal Radio. And yes, we're celebrating the connection with your pet. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And we welcome back to the show the dog food dude, Rick Woodford. He has a brand new book called Chow, Simple Ways to Share the Foods You Love with the Dogs You Love. So let me start off by saying welcome to the show, first of all. And secondly, we've been telling listeners for ages, don't feed the food from the table to your animals. And if I'm feeding the food that I love to my animals, that it might be like pizza and spaghetti. I just don't think that's right. Tell me where I've gone wrong. Well, thank you very much for having me back. Um, what, uh, what My whole purpose is to get you to share more healthy foods, um, more raw food, uh, natural foods in their form rather than meals or things that you already have on your plate. Ah. It's great to feed foods that are on your cutting board, not so much the foods that you've added so much extra fat to or salt or spices or things that aren't good for dogs, even though there are some beneficial fats, beneficial spices. So the whole idea with chow is to help people which foods you can share and easy ways to incorporate them. I knew that. I just wanted you to say that there. but. Yeah. I, I think I really bond with my animals when I share food with them, and I think that's a bonding experience for them, too, isn't it? Well, I think, it, I mean, I just kind of think that why dogs picked us in the first place is because we had food, and they kind of started following us around, and I think that uh, some kind of thing in there, that's how we started that relationship with dogs, and um, I certainly think that whether it's training and I'm using food as treats or just providing a meal that they are so excited for, I think it is kind of a bonding experience. Now, when you share your food, are you sharing just that, or should they be getting a regular meal from a canned food or any other kind of supplemented food? In the first, my first book, Feed Your Best Friend Better, I really did the whole, like, if you are diehard and you want to cook every meal for your pet, uh-huh. um, here's how you do it. This book is really kind of, it has a ton of meal ideas to supplement that same thing. And this book is really kind of for a broader audience that says, hey, is it okay to share my dog? What, what's some of the simple, simple ways I can do it using some of the same foods that I'm using on my cutting board, just putting a couple of them aside and cooking them really fast? <laughs> what are some <laughs> of the good foods? Because you say fruits, and I know grapes are not a good food to feed them. What are the, the fruits, and what are the foods that we can share with our animals? Well, well I mean, I, I'm covering a 100 different types of, of food items, like um, cumin is really beneficial, wow. ginger is beneficial, hmm. um, turmeric is extremely beneficial, um, coconut oil. But then also, like, a total range of every single meat that I could think of. Um, I did kind of stay away from thing, weird things like rabbit and quail and venison. Uh-huh. Um, but I got tons of beef recipes, tons of chicken recipes. And some of those are the most healthy kind of things you can put in the bowl. But then also my my number one thing I'm always trying to get people to do is get your dog some more fruits and vegetables because that's where all the phytochemicals are. That's where, where all the antioxidants are. And that's really what helps determine the fate of your has health. And they get five um, basic antioxidants from commercial foods that are a part of supplementation. But there's you can't depend on five antioxidants to do every single thing that the body needs. Hmm. And so my goal is to get people to, you know, hey, give your dog a few blueberries, give your dog a few blackberries every now and then, squashes, carrots. Um, go ahead, let's get loose with the turnips. Um, <laughs> but, like, just uh, uh, really kind of thinking a lot of foods. And, you know, there's Everybody concentrates on that list of foods that you should not give your dog. And that, that's kind of where I started with the inspiration of this book. I'm like, I got tired of seeing those lists. And nobody ever talks about all the things you can share with your dog mm. and the ways that you can share them. 
I'm always looking for treats. I hate to go out and buy a box of treats that are, you know, been processed and stuff. I want something kind of healthy snack for my dog in between meals when I'm playing with that. They'll really like. Well, one of my favorites, and um, I've had a couple people comment on on like, where would you come up with these weird ideas? Is um, Cheerios uh, mixed with dried fish? So those Cheerios start absorbing that fish smell. And drives dogs crazy. And, you know, then every once in a while they get the Cheerios, and every once in a while they get a total jackpot with the dried fish. So Cheerios um, are healthy for them? It's, I mean, so just, and people always ask about grains and all these kinds of things. We're talking treats. Like, in the book. Yep. Moderation. I have a, I have a popcorn recipe. Because, and I don't feed my dogs corn. I don't even feed my dogs cornmeal as part of most of their treats and stuff like that. But our dogs go freaking crazy for popcorn. And yep. so we're like, okay, you guys can have a little bit of popcorn, you know, half a cup or something like that of pop popcorn. You know, it's it's not a mainstay of their meal. It's not what we're teaching them. Like this is this is everything that's going through your body. Ninety five percent of your diet is actually from corn. No, it's like three percent of your diet is actually coming from this popcorn. And and you know, I'm also adding a couple extra nutritional yeast or cumin or something like that on top of it to give them another nutritional boost. And just so I can chime in, the the general guideline is treat food should be less than 10% of the daily calorie intake. Mm, okay. So there's just yeah, a little yeah. science and behind this. <laughs> and that's where I, and, you know, some people are like, oh, 10% of the calorie intake. And I don't want people to have to think about all that. So every food, every recipe, I give feeding guidelines for 10, 20, 40, 60, 80, and 100 pound dogs. Oh, that's great. So, Isn't it funny? It is, it's, cause I find like my little dog, he's 16 pounds, and he only needs about 350 calories a day. So if like someone goes out and buys wow. one of those pre-made, like edible bones, that's almost like half of his daily calorie wow. needs. We actually, in the United States, tend to have a little bit of a difficult problem sticking to around 2,000 calories ourselves as adults. <laughs> I mean, it's really easy to go over. I can go over 2,000 calories by lunch. Oh, enough. yeah. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh, I had a bowl of cereal and a juice, and then I had a burrito for lunch. And I was like, well, I shouldn't be eating anymore for the day. I wish we had more time. I'm going to give away 10 copies of the book right Nine now. Nine copies. Nine now. copies of the book. Ciao. <laughs> Simple ways to share the foods you love with the dogs you love. And like you said, Judy, it's treats. You know, treats are supposed to be treats. I, I can't think of a treat that is healthy for I know. me. Every time I go, oh, I, just... I can. Can I you? Can. Okay. Oh, frozen green beans are a treat. Frozen um, green beans. Yeah, those dried fish are a total treat. Let's take another one for Dr. Debbie, and we have Maureen on the phone. Hi, Maureen. Hi, Mr. How are you? I have Dr. Debbie right here. Come on over, Dr. Debbie. Alright, I'm pushing him aside Hi. here. <laughs> Hi, there. Dr. Debbie. I'm calling because I have a new rescue pup, and I even have what they call the break fast bowl, and she just takes down, chows down this food, and it's small kibbles like you would not believe, and I'm wondering what I can do to to stop that, because I'm afraid it's not good for her, and I'm afraid she's going to get, I think, I'm trying to think of the terminology, when a dog ingests food and they don't chew it well. They can, we do worry about bloat if a pet eats really bloat. fast and gorgeous That's the right themselves. word, yes. Yeah. yeah. Now, is she currently having any health problems with it, or you're just being cautious and, and being proactive? Well, I'm, I'm being proactive about it, and, I, and, I'm tr- and I, to be honest with you, I'm lifting her face even away from this bowl because I'm afraid that she's going to throw up. Cause she, she ingests it like, like she's never eaten before. Okay. And she's how old? One to one and a half. And do you have other dogs, or is she the only one? 
I do have another dog, yes, and that other dog is eight. Yes. Okay. And are they fed together and out of the same bowl, different bowls? Oh, they're fed out of different bowls. Absolutely, yes. Good. All right. Well, the first thing that I'll say is that there is definitely, it's well recognized that sometimes pets that are adopted or that come from, oh, tough beginnings can sometimes have issues with food when it comes to eating and eating it all up very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Some of it we don't know what experiences, you know, the pet had on the road uh, beforehand. Exactly. But it can can leave some impact mentally. So some, some tips definitely that um, that bowl that you're referring to is kind of a cool bowl that um, some people make their own at home, but it's actually a pre-made bowl that has little like uh, pegs that kind of sit up, yes. stick up from the bottom yes. of the bowl. So the idea is it slows down how fast the pet can ingest the food from the bowl. Uh, some people will just overturn cups and put them inside the bowl, and you can do the same thing at home. But if we're still doing uh, that behavior, the other strategies that we can try now <laughs> doesn't work for every dog. Some dogs, I will try to switch them over to free feeding or open feeding because part of the concern is that, oh, my God, this food's going to be gone and I'm not going to have any. Okay. Um, it only works for certain dogs, and I usually prefer it to be in a single dog home um, okay. because then we have less worry about resource competition. Um, trying okay. to eat your food really fast so the other dog can't get to it. And uh, being watchful for your other dog because even if the other dog isn't physically going into that bowl, sometimes uh, that psychological just fear yeah. or stress that the other dog might. So you may consider feeding them separately just to kind of ease her mind. Okay. Thank you very much. This is Animal Radio, baby. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, Angel. Hey. Well, so what's going on? Well, I have a little uh, 15 and a half year old. Uh, she's about five pounds, and she's uh, an odd mix. She looks like a Shih Tzu. She's a Shih Tzu, Chihuahua, and Pekingese. And I would like to know what the symptoms are for hip dysplasia. Um, is there a change in stance? Is there a change in her gait? Um, she doesn't seem to indicate any pain, but she seems to be much less steady on her feet. But she also rides in a truck a lot. Okay. And so when you say she's a little bit unsteady on her feet, do her feet give out on her, or is she just slow getting up? She just... Um, when she's just kind of standing there, not in the truck, like when we take her out to walk her and everything, sometimes she just kind of wobbles like maybe she doesn't have her land feet yet. You know, okay. I, I'm not sure if it's because of the truck or if it's because of, of uh, but it's something that's kind of appeared within the last year. Okay. Well, and she's definitely old enough that we would want to talk about, um, and I probably uh, gear more towards what we'd call osteoarthritis um, than just hip dysplasia, because hip dysplasia is only one part of the body that can have problems. And in dogs, they can have elbow dysplasia, they can have spinal arthritis. So you can really have um, pain and arthritic changes kind of anywhere in the body, and that can create problems in mobility and getting around. And you know, for an for an old gal, um, you know, like that, I would say. If we're worried about the back end, we sometimes do see some distinctive problems in the back end um, where we might have a crossing over of the back feet where they do seem kind of uncoordinated and almost drunk. Um, and we, we can see problems where um, getting up from a seated or a lying position is difficult and you just kind of see it almost in the extra effort that, you know, the push to get up. 
that can be a sign that there's pain um, and or muscle weakness. And then finally, you know, if we're seeing continence problems in the back end, if we're having urine accidents, we're having poop in accidents, those can be signs that we might be having some problems with the hindquarters. But in general, when we look anywhere on this on, on a dog's body, um, arthritis can affect how easily they get up. So really, you're looking for that exaggerated effort. You're looking for a limp. And you're looking for a pet who might have maybe quivering or um, tremors with their muscles because the, if the joints aren't working really well and they're not moving in the full, nice, long strides that they should, the muscles can atrophy and they can weaken, and that will translate to a, maybe a trembling or shaking leg. So, so those are some of the things that I would definitely keep an eye out for. Okay. Um, I think you've hit it kind of on the nail. That the, the more appropriate description would be uh, the muscle uh, weakness, I think, is what it is an indicator. Does that um, will that encourage hip dysplasia, or is that maybe just because she's gotten older and also she lives on a truck, you know, without as much exercise as other dogs? Sure. And, you know, I, I can't say I don't do a lot of the truck driving, but I can imagine where, like, the having your sea legs, you know, might be a little bit disorienting when she first gets to land. Um, but as far as, um, you know, for... Um, other things, as far as there definitely can be medical problems, metabolic problems that cause weakness, problems like thyroid okay. disorders, other types of hormone disorders that can cause a generalized muscle weakness. Um, the other thing would be, you know, when we talk about the spine, um, some breeds of dogs um, can have uh, particular problems with disc disc problems. That's hard to say, disc problems. <laughs> um, but that can actually cause back pain and can even lead to signs of paralysis where their feet kind of get either where they drag them or they may not really sense where they're at in space and they just kind of trip over them or they cross their feet over. So if we're seeing something like that, then I would say we definitely want to get some x-rays because we want to make sure we're heading down the right route, right road, whether it's a orthopedic problem and maybe we need some pain medicine and some joint remedies, or if it's something more of a neurologic problem, and then we're going to have a totally different um, type approach where we maybe deal with pain medicine, but we might need to gear something towards inflammation um, and gearing towards um, you know that nerve uh, function. So that might be a, you know, I know she's an older gal, but that might be a good investment in just to kind of get the right pathway and make sure we're heading down the right road there. This is Dr. Debbie, and if you have a question for me, give me a call or email me at docdebbie at animalradio.com. Well, let's head on over to Tony. Hey, Tony, where are you calling from? Los Angeles, California. What's going on? Well, I'm curious to know, um, uh, what is the normal temperature for a cat? Normal temperature would be 102, 101 to 102, maybe 103 at the high end. Because I got a temporal artery thermometer. Do you know what that is? Uh, forehead thermometer? And I scanned it across the cat's head, and uh, it was 84, 85 degrees. Yeah, so you can't trust that. On animals? No, and the problem is is that there's hair, fur, and different conductions in their skin, so um, we can't rely on that. Now, there are, the most reliable temperature is actually the rectal temperature, using a rectal thermometer. Right. There, um, we do, in veterinary medicine, sometimes we'll use um, an auricular or an ear uh, thermometer, and uh, that basically measures heat that reflects off of the um, eardrum. So that would be my second choice if I was checking a temperature. Um, and then the, the third but less favored would be under the armpit, um, which we do see a lot more variability when you do that, just because, again, they, there's 
differences in their skin, their fur, all of that kind of stuff. So it, it's best to do a rectal temperature if you're up for the, the challenge. What's going on with your kitty? Is she having a problem? Oh, no, no. I just, uh, you know, every once in a while I uh, try something new on them and see if it'll work. It's like preventative maintenance. But they seem, yeah, right. They seem to be healthy and happy. So, uh, but that's the only question I had. I thank you so much for your help. Hey, thanks for calling, Tony. We appreciate it. I think that's the first time that we've ever had that question. Yeah, I thought it was. A it's very a good, good one. Question. It is yeah. a good question. I don't know if I want to learn the whole rectal thing, though. That's. I'll pass on that. <laughs> I just have that relationship. Right pet, it could be done easily at home with a little peanut butter distraction on one end and a little KY on the other. Just make sure you have the peanut butter on the right end. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get those mixed up. No, but. don't mix up your ends. There you go. Thanks for joining us today. I want to thank Larry Hobbs for hanging with us. Also, Rick Woodford, the dog food dude. I'm going to think of all the great foods that I can feed my dog this afternoon. I'm thinking of all the treats I can give my dog. Healthy treats. If you want to learn more about anything you heard on today's show, head on over to AnimalRadio.com. And if you need your fix during the middle of the week, download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. We'll see you next week for more Animal Radio right here. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.